Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Brolison. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack and maybe a bottle of wine and let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down this road I go, but I am going alone, running far, far from home, till I am skin and bone. you talk real quick can you hear me i can can you hear me yeah oh that's weird this is fun <laughs> okay um hello everyone hello this is fun already <laughs> <laughs> we are like irl podcasting together that's super interesting in one of the many guest rooms of my mom's house <laughs> chilling Oh man, this is different. It is. It's weird, and you have to you have to look at me, not the video. I know. I'm so used to looking at your computer screen. Oh, weird. This is fun, though. I'm glad we're doing it. I know. I know. I know. I was debating whether we just like skip over the holidays, but I'm like, we literally are from the same place. It's like you live six minutes from me. (laughs) Drove across town to get here, (laughs) right? we need to we need an attempt I mean (laughs) yes an attempt would be good yeah yeah um but so yeah we're both home for the holidays this is the first time we've actually seen each other in person since what like before the pandemic probably yeah because we saw you for Christmas I think maybe 2019 or yeah it was a while ago it was a while ago but we didn't meet you yeah forget where though It, it was it was like a yeah, we did oh, see. is that Kava? Kava. Whatever. Oh, I love Kava. Yeah. Kava's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I wish we had something like that in, in Texas. Like there's like yeah, not a lot of Greek like food. Yeah. And it makes me so sad. It's not a lot of that in the Keys either. No. Bummer. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been a long time since we actually seen each other in person. So mm-hmm. this is kind of weird. But yeah. then I'm like, I literally talked to you like a week ago. <laughs> and now <I> <laughs> so it's like, is this what it's like to like, long distance podcast with somebody maybe I don't know it's so bizarre a long distance relationship with someone that my friend like just saw them (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh my god so great (laughs) it's so emotional um so did you have a good Christmas yeah I did it's small Mm. but I mean larger than last year because it was just my parents and myself last year this year it was smaller but yeah it's still good yeah yeah so you haven't met everybody because they're getting ready but my entire mom side of the family is here oh wow wowie <laughs> there's it's a small yeah. side of the family but we're all here and then of course there's Corey and Ethan who are at the gym I tried actually to get Ethan to do a story okay. for us so I, we may convince him yet when they yeah. come back and, That'd be nice. and make him uh because he's got some some funny ones from Boy Scouts and from 
um, being in the court at Virginia Tech, okay. like out in the field, yeah, um, and doing their shenanigans. That's so, fun. and at some point, I think I might see if my dad will record with me while where I'm here, so we can oh. save that for another yeah, episode. That'd be nice. Um, so I'm going to try to get because our whole family is very outdoorsy. Um, except for my mom. I mean, she's, she still goes and does stuff with us, but right. it's not like her main like thing that she does goal in life yeah. is to be out outside and doing crazy things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our, that's our kind of um, family vibe. Nice. So we have a lot of, oh, oh no, my weekend alarms are not off yet. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> Let's turn those off right now. I know it's like when I'm home for so long I just forget about all the alarms (laughs) like turn the weekday ones off the weekend ones are still there apparently Corey will wake me up every single freaking day with his his alarms yeah I'm like just fucking turn them off on the weekend like I don't yeah like you don't need them let me sleep in because of course Marzi is just like yeah (laughs) I know Waylon gets up super early it's like 6 30 6 o'clock every morning I'm like dear god puppy dog yeah 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 so marzi's in dallas right now <laughs> with my aunt and uncle and apparently she's she did not care that we left oh. she saw us putting our suitcases into a car she's and like, she she was like i don't want to go with you we just got here why i don't want to go back <laughs> so she like ran and hide from us <laughs> when we were trying to like give her like little pets yeah. before we left and she just like took off and was like bye-bye yeah it's like, see you later <laughs> so she apparently doesn't care apparently she's over her separation anxiety which is good that but is good. she's uh you know doing her thing going yeah. on 20 walks a day with my uncle so wow 20 walks a day oh, okay so that's an exaggeration it's more like five oh, but that's okay. still a lot of walks right? yeah <laughs> he's convinced that we need to give her like a walk every minute of every day. I'm just like I mean, she's well exercised. Exactly. She's gonna be exhausted. It's, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and you're going down to the outer banks. Yeah. What's today? The 26th? Mm-hmm. On 28th, yeah, two mm-hmm. days from now. We're gonna go down. We'll do New Year's down there, walk Wayland on the beach every morning. So nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I love that. We're like a, a mile walk from the beach. So we just walk to the beach and then it's off season, so there's no one no. there in the morning. So I just I let him that. off leash and he just runs around. And that's my favorite when yeah. it's off season because we have a, like a four wheel beach that we take Marzi to. Yeah. And there's no one there. It's yeah. awesome. It's great. And so then he gets all tired by like, I don't know, 9 a.m. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And just go back inside, have some coffee, hang out. Yeah. We're going down to Norfolk for New Year's actually. Oh, um, nice. To see some folks down there. Yeah. Um, cool. um, but yeah, so I'm going to go see some people. Um, I'm going to go to the brew pub that has my beer at it. Oh, fun. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. It's, nice. it's literally one of their most popular beers. Cool. And, um, it's called Jilly's Amber. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like literally my beer. That's so I'm awesome. Like, we got to go see it. I love that. We got to go uh, drink it. I've already had it because it was at my wedding. But yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, yeah let's get into this yeah. okay so this is going to be fun and awkward it's not to read yeah <laughs> pretty much so you'll know everything before all right so i thought i know this isn't coming out to like mid-january um 
but we're recording it on the 26th, literally the day before the 23rd episode comes out. Cool. So we're going to be really behind, which is probably why it's a good idea not to do a news story. Yeah. I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I'd do like a, a little frosty story. Sure. Um, a little slightly more uplifting story. Yeah. Uh, female empowerment. Cool. Story. Um, so this is one that I learned about. I think through my favorite murder, maybe, but I think I've heard about it before. Um, So we're going to be talking today about Mm. Ada Blackjack. Cool. So this is so weird. I'm just literally going to be reading it in front of you. This is great, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love every second of this. (laughs) So many of our stories kind of surround individuals who choose to face some of the most brutal wilderness for fame or glory or just to go where no one has gone before. So many of these explorers who face brutal survival or ultimate death are white male and determined to claim manifest destiny or just to climb something because it is simply there. Um, However, there are a lot of women and people of color who find themselves in themselves in these situations and their stories are often underserviced, undertold, or not written down at all. So I thought going into this year along with our classic survival stories or explorer stories that we like to tell because they are in their own right interesting. Um, I want to focus more attention to some of these underserviced stories of like people of color and women who find themselves in these extraordinary circumstances kind of often against their will or um, they weren't necessarily planning to be in these circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why we're starting off this year with um, a woman survivor and Ada Blackjack is the perfect story for that. Um, So she was a woman who started off as a mother simply trying to support her sick son and became a sole Arctic survivor of an Arctic expedition that should have never happened. Oh, keywords should have never happened. (laughs) (laughs) So many of these are just sitting here like, why is this? Yeah. Why is this a thing? I don't know. (laughs) Oh man, I'm excited. So Ada Blackjack or Ada Delatuck, which was her maiden name, was an Inupiat woman born in 1898 in Spruce Creek, Alaska which is a remote settlement north of the Arctic Circle near Nome, Alaska, um, which was at the peak of its gold rush at the time. So there's a lot of white settlers coming in from the lower 48. Um, She wasn't raised, however, with any knowledge of hunting or wilderness survival of her people because she was an orphan and was brought up by the Methodist missionaries um, instead of by her own people. So she basically learned American or English skills. Cool. Um, not really useful though for what's to come. Oh, not cool then. Because <laughs> I mean, her people know how to survive in yeah. the Arctic, and um, yeah, it turns out like not a lot of Americans know how to do that very successfully. That's a bummer. So that's a bummer. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so she learned English, studied the Bible, and learned how to be a housekeeper for Western society. Um, she was a very small woman, barely five feet tall and only a hundred pounds. Wow. She's tiny. Small. We'll, we'll, yeah. And uh, at 16, she married Jack Blackjack, which. What a name. It's a vibe. Um, 
he was a local dog musher and had three kids um with her two of which died Mm -hmm. um because you know it's Alaska in the early 1800s or late 1800s yeah it doesn't surprise me unfortunately Jack was an abusive alcoholic um, who beaten and starved Ada for years and abandoned Ada on the Seward Peninsula in 1921 I've been to Seward like hey I've been there like hey sad story but hey I've been there It is very cold. Yeah. So she walked 40 miles back to Nome with her five-year-old son, Bennett, carrying him for a lot of the way. So she's already kind of had a a survival experience, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, her son suffered from poor health and tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. And she did not have the resources to take care of him. So she placed him in a local orphanage until she could find a way to make enough money to take care of him, which is, um, you know, the plight of a lot of people of color, indigenous people in these regions. So this is Ada Mm -hmm. and her son, Bennett. Super cute. Yeah. You can tell she's so small by like the height difference between like her child and her. I know. She's not much taller than him. No. Yeah. She's a very tiny woman. But like, okay, so she's so badass. So we'll get into that. All right. So this is when a seasoned explorer, um, and there's quotations around that seasoned explorer bit, (laughs) because he was a well-known expedition funder, but ultimately it turns out a scammer. Oh, okay. And when you're going into the Arctic, you don't really want to be dealing with a scammer. No. Um, And I'm going to attempt this name. I was going to say, good luck. Wilhelmer Stephenson. Okay. Very sounds like he's a Swedish. Wilhelmer. Yeah, like that. Wilhelmer Stephenson sounds like he's Nordic for sure. Um, So this individual was working on putting together an expedition team to claim Wrangell Island, which is a desolate stretch of land north of the eastern part of Siberia, in the Arctic Ocean. And they wanted it to use for the British Empire as a future air base. Mm-hmm. Now, like, this place is literally just out in the middle of nowhere. So this is Alaska. Mm-hmm. This is Russia and Siberia. Bering Sea, Bering Strait. This is Wrangell. Oh, wow. Nobody lives here. Yeah, it doesn't look like anyone would live there. No. And this is what it looks like. Oh, it is. Geez. There's really no plants um, just a lot of, it's very reminiscent of, um, King William Island Okay. from, um, the Franklin expedition where everybody died. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> very rocky. Yeah. It's very rocky. It's just a cliff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually a fairly big Island. Yeah. Um, so, and there is game there, like in the summertime, okay. a lot of Arctic game comes to that area, but like, Overall, it's not super productive. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to make a British airbase, but the thing was, the British actually had no interest in Wrangell Island, and the Canadian government didn't want to fund the expedition. And but he wanted to do it anyway. Don't know why. Not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stephenson did not have a good track record, as one of his funded expeditions involved a ship getting carried away 
by mm -hmm. ice, similar to what happened to Shackleton's crew mm -hmm. and the Franklin crew, actually. And this resulted in the deaths of 11 men. So already we're starting off with this guy not really having a good success rate. And he never goes on these trips. Yeah. He just funds them, right? Yeah. So the members of this expedition included Alan Crawford, who was 20, Lord Knight, who was 28, Fred Marr, who's also 28, and Milton Gale or Gale, probably Gale, Gale yeah. who was 19. So not very old. I yeah. mean, they're all younger than we are. I'm 28. Right. So, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, can you imagine you being the senior member of like, nope. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing half the time at work. Can't yeah. imagine me going on an expedition. I mean, it. <laughs> yeah. And like a 19 year old, that's like a baby. That's a baby. Yeah. Like you're still like trying to figure life out. And yeah. I, uh, so, so obviously they were all very woefully inex inexperienced and they just wanted like a big adventure and like Arctic expedition mm -hmm. was like the thing at the time we've said before, it's like, you know, they were like the astronauts of their time. Yeah. Right. So this is the expedition crew. Look at those babies. I know the picture is not like the best quality, but like, yeah, they're very young looking babies. Yeah. And there's Ada in the middle. Yeah. Look at that hair. Yeah. That's a vibe right there. They're kind of cute to be honest. That's like they look warm. Yeah. For, for, you know, 1800s men, mm -hmm. actually 1900. I think this was a 1920 something. So they were given money to hire Inuit families to hunt for them while they were on Wrangell because okay. they didn't have hunting skills. Yeah. But upon departure from Nome, none of the Inuit decided to go because they thought it was too risky to be on Wrangell over winter because, mm -hmm. you know, there's not food during the winter. Yeah. Um, but only one person decided, Inuit person decided to go. Um, the expedition was also seeking an Alaskan native seamstress who knew English and Ada, who was 21 at the time, a baby, mm -hmm. fit the bill. They needed some um, foul, someone to sew foul weather clothing out of animal hides for the men because apparently they couldn't learn how to sew themselves because mm -hmm. that's woman's work. We don't do that. I don't know how to sew. <laughs> I don't either. Corey does. That's the funny thing. Corey knows how to sew. Anytime we get a hole, I'm like, babe. <laughs> um, initially, uh, she had a lot of misgivings about going on the expedition with four men, especially because initially she was promised that there would be other Alaskan Native people on the crew. However, because they all were like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. She was the only one. Yeah. And because she was so desperate to get money for her kid, that's why she stayed on. Gotcha. She needed to, to treat his ter terber tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard word for you, isn't it? I don't know why. Um, so the Wrangell Island Expedition promised to pay $50 a month, which was a significant chunk of change mm -hmm. at the time. Um, it was more enough for than enough for her to uh, raise and care for Bennett. Um, and so then she decided to join the, the expedition because of this. And on September 9th, 1921, the five members shipped out for the island on the silver wave 
um, which is a ship um, with the ship's cat Vic, and they headed north. Um, I know. I just just noticed that I with the ship's cat. Yes. <laughs> so the interesting thing about Wrangel Island is that I found out. So we talked about how desolate it was. Yeah. But here's a, a little fun fact that I have to, from today. So this island is actually a really unique place ecologically. Oh, yeah. Because it is the last holdout for the woolly mammoth. Oh. So most of the woolly mammoths um, died out at the end of the last ice age, which is about 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, so people were still around, but we were still very, very primitive yeah. people, like very hunter-gatherer. Um, so there was a population of mammoths that became trapped on Wrangell Island. Oh, no. Um, so it's like all mammoth fossils there? There's a ton of mammoth fossils, but the interesting thing is they continued living on this island as a population until about 4,000 years ago. Oh, wow. So that would have coincided with some of the births of the, you know, first societies. Yeah. I think definitely like, like Greeks and Egyptians were still like, were doing their thing while there were still mammoths on Wrangell Island. That's super interesting. It is. And like, as an ecological standpoint, it was like literally uh, an island refuge for this species. Yeah. And um, eventually they died out. But yeah, that was, and if they think it's more to do with like, they died out because of genetic bottlenecking, not yeah. because the environment um, failed them. I mean, that makes sense because there's not a lot of diversity going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so there's a ton of mammoth fossils there. So there's people who will go um, fossil hunting for like the tusks. Yeah. I was going to ask if people go there mm-hmm. and like. Like not hunt but like yeah them and stuff. they'll look around like in the permafrost That's for neat. mammoth tusks and they can make a lot of money selling those like for ivory and stuff oh, wow which is kind of like a less ethically problematic way to source yeah. ivory because they're already dead yeah <laughs> but still like probably not the best practice either because yeah you know like so like fossils and that's still like history I feel like that doesn't need to be like right sold off but know? it's better than going out and like killing elephants. killing an elephant so it's one of those like mm. yeah and I know it helps the like local population make money and yeah but I just thought that was like super interesting from a biological standpoint yeah, it is for sure that mammoths were like just big chilling over there while the Egyptians were doing Building their thing and the Greeks <laughs> were doing their thing and um I'm not very good at ancient history, so I'm not exactly sure when that all happened, but um, it was around that time period. Yeah, makes me want to Google 4,000 years ago. So if you can hear, there's a train. Our house is very close to the train. <laughs> is it almost 10? Yeah, 9.50. The 10 a.m. train going through. <laughs> we can hear the train from our house. Oh, wow. You can really hear it right now in the in the headphones. I can hear it. Okay, so... Let's get back to Ada. Um, so during the first year, note that I said first year yes. of this expedition on Wrangell, game was plentiful and Stephenson promised his promises came true. Um, while Ada became friendly, um, and I mean that like they were being nice to each other, not that like all the members were having sex or anything. She just became you know friendly with yeah. the other men on the crew. 
Um, she was fearful of Warren Knight, who was big and loud and referred to Ada simply as the woman because... Oh, He's a big old dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, during the summer, they were able to hunt and eat bear and walrus. Um, but the small boat that the men had purchased for hunting like seal uh, broke and was no longer useful for hunting on the water because they bought a cheaper model than, you know, which is like, I don't know if you're going out straight <clears throat> into the wilderness, maybe, maybe get the best. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they did have a budget, so maybe that was part of it. That could have been it. Um, so by the end of the second summer, the game had uh, disappeared and the pack ice had closed in and there was no ship in sight. The ship that was chartered to pick them up had been forced to turn back due to the ice. Um, and they quickly realized that their inadequate stores would have to last another year um, and hunting uh, by boat was out of the question. So Stephenson gave them a certain amount of food to take with them, like okay. things like, like flour and lard and yeah. like, I don't know, salt tech, whatever people use back then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. they had some food, but it was like, they were supposed to supplement by hunting. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So at some point when the game dried up, that kind of screwed them all up. Yeah. So, by the beginning of 1923, the party was starving and Knight was very ill with, from what I can tell, was most likely scurvy. We talk about scurvy a lot mm-hmm. on the podcast. It's um, basically a vitamin deficiency and you start bleeding from all your pores and orifices and, and, stuff, and it's just gross stuff doesn't heal and your teeth fall out yeah it's yucky so it's not a good time um so Crawford Marr and Gail decided to um leave Blackjack to care for night as they set out on foot across the sea ice to Siberia with their weak and hungry sled dogs so Siberia was about a hundred miles south from Wrangell over the sea ice um and as you remember like from shackleton and some of the other ones it's really difficult to sled over sea ice yeah because there's a lot of different textures and Mm -hmm. ice being pushed up and it's not flat Mm -hmm. i think everybody imagines it as flat it's not the flattest it's it's not because like waves are a thing yeah and they're still happening underneath yeah and causing things to shift so so these three men were never seen again (laughs) bye (laughs) their uh, bodies are probably at the bottom of the ocean or something like it's likely that they died out on the sea ice but siberia is also a very um desolate wilderness Mm -hmm. so if they did make it to land it's likely they could have been if they died they were like eaten by animals or something yeah right so for six months ada served as a doctor nurse companion servant and huntswoman in one oh wow um, because Knight was too weak to do anything, Ada learned how to trap foxes, collect driftwood for the fire, and taught herself to shoot geese and seals. Um, she also built two lightweight boats out of driftwood and canvas so that she could hunt more successfully. Yeah. Um, as a reminder, she had no survival training or really knowledge of her native practices. Mm-hmm. She was learning this all by herself. Yeah. 
Um, Knight decided to be a rude bitch <laughs> because he felt helpless. <laughs> and yeah, I wrote, I write these comments. In oh, it's funny. This is how I, c- I come up with such a like good, like, uh, narrative as yeah. I run, I literally write my dumbass comments yeah. in, in the period. a rude bitch because he felt <laughs> helpless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a rude bitch. Yeah. So he decided to be rude because he felt helpless and decided to take it out on Ada. He criticized her constantly for not taking better care of him and would literally like throw books at her and said that the, her husband was right to abuse her. Ew. Like, no, thank you. Ada was usually pretty upbeat, but she wrote in her diary. This is literally her words. And he mentions my children and saying, no wonder your children die. You never take good care of them. He just tear me into pieces when he mentions my children that I lost. Aww. This is the worst life I have ever lived in this world. Oh, that's so sad. I know. I just like this. She's taking care of you. Like, yeah, but calm down. She also wrote. He never stop and think how much it's hard for women to take four man's place to woodwork and to hunt for something to eat for him and to do waiting to his bed and to take his shit out for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like literally the other three members of the expedition were like, bye-bye. Yeah, have fun. Later. So she's literally doing everything. So slowly but surely, Knight got sores, his teeth fell out, blood seeped out of his skin, which was a sign of extreme scurvy and a sign that he was not much longer for this world. Yeah. And honestly, I'm kind of like, you you deserve it a little. Yeah. I never want anybody to actually die, but like... You kind of did deserve it a little bit, maybe. Well, it's like, you're being abusive to your caretaker. Yeah. So literally true. taking care of you in a hostile environment and... Really, I mean, she signed up for the expedition, yes, yeah. but she didn't sign up for this. No, definitely not. And I'm sure they didn't really tell her it was going to get that bad. Right. Yeah, she probably would not have gone on if she known it was that bad, right? Right. So Knight finally passed away on June 23rd, which Ada made a note of in her diary. Ada refused to lose hope and threw herself into the task of survival so she could be reunited with her son. She did not have the strength to bury Knight's corpse, so she left him resting on his bedside or her, his bed inside of his sleeping bag, and then created a barricade of boxes to protect the body from animals. And then oh, wow. she moved into the storage tent to escape the smell of decay. Yuck! So she just kind of left him there. Which I mean, she's a five foot, yeah, tall, hundred pound woman, like, and trying to dig through permafrost uh it's not not, that's not happening right so kind of gotta leave them yeah so for the first three months uh she was alone completely she used her newfound survival skills to feed herself um she slept with a rifle above her tent flap in case of polar bears Mm -hmm. and also built a platform to spot polar bears in the distance she actually had a close call of a polar bear during this period when a bear stalked her while hunting, but decided to eat the seal that she had shot instead of her. Oh, wow. So she lucked out. Yeah. Occasionally, she would also have to shoot at hungry Bruins, which are female bears, mm-hmm. from her tent flap. Um, wow. In addition to all of her newfound skills, she was 
uh, even able to learn how to take pictures of herself with the photography equipment. A selfie, hey. Yeah, actually. <laughs> her selfie. Um, so there are actually several photos of her, like, at the camp. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, so this is the camp setup. Gotcha. Honestly, she looks like she's thriving. Yeah, living her best life now that whatever his face is gone. Right. Like, look at this coat that she has made for herself like she is she's having a good ass time all by herself here's another yeah I love how like she probably put that on a timer and just posed for it Mm -hmm. I love that it's cute right like she's smiling in the pictures like and she doesn't look like she's in bad shape at all no she looks healthy she looks healthy she looks clean Mm -hmm. she's just big chilling and Mm -hmm. like casually picking up photography while she's surviving excursion yeah while she's surviving and like fending off polar bears she's like i'm gonna learn photography yeah (laughs) so um despite her success though uh she was beginning to succumb to scurvy herself uh, reporting headaches stomach aches and swollen eyes um because i mean there's not any source of vegetation on this island um, although I know Inuits will eat raw meat to kind of supplement some mm-hmm. of that. So I don't know if she did any of that or not, but at some point, I mean, if you don't have anything, you're going to start getting scurvy. Yeah. Um, she later said that she would have gone insane if it wasn't for the companionship of the cat Vic, Aww. who was the ship's cat that they actually just yeah. brought with them, which first of all, rude that cat probably just wanted to stay on the ship catching rats i know right <laughs> but i'm happy for her yeah she has like a little uh, companion right um so finally on august 20th in 1923 almost two years since they had landed uh the schooner donaldson showed up on the horizon to rescue the team um, the captain stated that blackjack had mastered her environment so far that it seems likely she could have lived here another year, although isolation would have been a dreadful experience. Um, so they were like super impressed. Mm-hmm. She had been on Wrangell for 703 days and spent 57 of them alone. And that's that's almost like two years on the island. Wow. So when they returned to Alaska and news of the failed expedition reached the press, she was flurried with attention and was praised as a hero for her courage and called the female Robinson Crusoe. Um, Ada simply insisted that she was a mother who needed to get home for her son. Mm-hmm. And, and she was reunited with Bennett and used her payment to seek treatment for his tuberculosis. <laughs> I did it Yay. Um, in a Seattle hospital. Wow. Uh, unfortunately she was paid less than what she was promised of course um, but it was still enough to cover his care yeah Uh, she had a second son billy after marrying again and returned to live in alaska so although she was um accomplished or she had accomplished what she had set out to do which was to take care of her son she was plagued for years afterwards from sadness and poverty um, Stephenson and and others profited from her story, but Ada saw none of that oh, money. Um, that's rude, right? In addition, smear campaigns were launched against her, stating that she 
had refused to care for night and that was why he perished oh god which is like no he just wasn't getting his fruits and veggies like, yeah also he was a dick yeah <laughs> karma's a bitch um Bennett's health issues were never fully resolved and he did die of a stroke at 58 in 1972. Oh, yeah. But I mean, ultimately he did get to have a chance at life. Yeah. For sure. I mean, 58 is not, I mean, it's it's pretty young to die, but yeah. he didn't die as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ada passed away 10 years later in Anchorage, Alaska at 85 after living a quiet life out of the limelight, herding reindeer, picking berries, hunting and trapping. So cool. Good for her. Right. She lived. Yeah. She lived a decent life. Um, and honestly, that sounds really nice. It does. <laughs> I was like, that just sounds great. Like <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> and now that she has all these like survival skills, she can do it. Yeah. Right? Um, so the expedition to Wrangell was all for nothing. Um, as in 1924, just a year after Ada was rescued, Wrangell Island became part of Russia. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wrangell was then used as a concentration camp or a gulag for political prisoners and a training ground for KGB agents during the time of the Soviet Union. Wow. Now it is largely a nature preserve with wal- walrus, polar bears, Arctic foxes, and snow geese, um, as well as researchers cruise ships and local mammoth tusk hunters are the only visitors wow. so that is the story of ada blackjack nice. and how she outlasted all the men and took some selfies that's really cool i think my favorite part was how she like picked up photography and all of it i know <laughs> like i need a hobby <laughs> which like photography back then it was hard. like hard because you had to like, like load powder and stuff into it, right? Like, did she just the light bulb that was involved? Like a dark room? Do they have and dark like room? that shade thing that you just pull the yeah lever down? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it works. I just point and click, you I know. know right? <laughs> so, well, yeah. Um, so that's a, a good way to to welcome the new year. I think um, use that energy for the whole new year. Yeah, just be like Ada. Live your life like Ada, mm-hmm. and and grow old and hunt and uh raise reindeer and pick berries like that's the dream yeah (laughs) it's like the um well i guess my story the lily bow story would be the next one right Mm -hmm. so like it's similar but it's just like this is like the alaskan version of lily bow Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really clear what it is I'm excited to hear about that story because I don't know anything about it. It's hard to find on the internet. Like the one blog post I found was like on some fashion bloggers website, mm-hmm. but like I could probably do some more digging and just like talking to my boss about it more. Cause my boss like heard the story from other people. Mm-hmm. So, but it is pretty cool. It's a good one. Yeah. You know, female empowerment. Yes. That's really what it is. Moving into 2022. Yeah. Female empowerment. And like, I do mean when I said, like, I do want to do more and I have kind of some ones lined up because um, mm. I feel like a lot of our stories revolve around white men. Because yeah. White that's men, what it was back then. That was like the expeditions and stuff. So because they're the only ones with the disposable income to yeah. do these kinds of things. And also there was like this miss like the sense of like well it's there so we need to conquer it yeah yeah so but moving in i wanted to talk about more people um like ada blackjack where either they're kind of forced into the situation or 
coerced, not coerced, but like she was kind of forced because she needed money yeah. for her kid. Like for sure. It wasn't like um she, she wanted to go hang yeah, out. She on. like needed to go <laughs> make some money. Um and there's a lot, you know, some stories of female explorers as well. But um on the whole, I think especially now, um, we take it a lot safer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And a lot more practical. Yeah. Um, so it's it's less of a uh like, well, let's just go see how it goes kind of situation but and it's interesting too that you know the whole goal of this expedition was to claim the island for britain and it never happened (laughs) so so yeah bringing that energy into the new year because it needs to be better yeah it just does yeah all right so this is probably going to be a much shorter episode than we usually do. <laughs> but, I mean, it's easier for you to edit, right? I, that's true. I don't have to. Yeah. Um, so um, any happy things? Um, happy things. I'm going to the Outer Banks soon. Mm-hmm. Super stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. How about when you get back? Is there anything you're looking forward to? Uh, my boyfriend and I did a... Our Christmas present to each other was a, uh, excuse me. Our Christmas present to each other was a trip to the Dry Tortugas, a camping trip. Oh, so we gotta pick a date for that. But that's like what I'm looking forward to is like doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say mine. Obviously, all the things we talked about earlier. But mm-hmm. um, what we're looking forward to this year is probably um, we're going to be going to a lot of weddings oh which sounds exhausting but at the same time it's like it'll be nice to kind of get out and do stuff into the world again yeah we're actually going to the outer banks for one of those oh, so I'm excited about that that'll be so nice um but yeah it's it, it'll be nice and um yeah when i get back i'm immediately gonna have to um start planning and stuff well yeah but for work i'm gonna be raising flounder so oh that's fun I'm not really looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of all the babies. Yeah. Yeah. Too many babies. So yeah. Oh, I should do my citations maybe. Oh, yeah. So my citations for the story are uh, Ada Blackjack, the forgotten sole survivor of an odd Arctic expedition, Tessa Holes from Atlas Obscura, and then the Inuit woman who survived the Arctic alone. And that's Kate Cyber um, Outside Magazine. So I didn't have a whole lot for this one. Okay, so today we have something um, a little special addition to the podcast. I uh, wouldn't call it a correction, um, but more of an addition to our um, Edmund Fitzgerald wreck story. Um, we were talking um, at the dinner table to my dad, and my uncle about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Um, my dad has listened and he has some experiences and knowledge that he has that he would like to add. So I'm going to um, insert that recording right here and um, let's have a listen. So we actually have um, some updates on the Edmund Fitzgerald story, which I knew there were going to be because you and uh Uncle Ben and Uncle David know a lot more about this story than I feel like I do. I just did my own research. Um, So we're going to kind of do some kind of 
additional comments from my dad, from the experiences that he saw and things that he knows about, um, about this story, because this is kind of like a hometown story for you. I mean, you were a young kid or young adult around this time that this was all going on. Yes, that's correct. So um, we talked kind of about how there was kind of a mismatch between what the Coast Guard initially reported for uh, what happened to the Edmunds Fitzgerald, one being that the hatches weren't properly sealed. And then later, a lot of people said that there were other issues that actually caused it to sink and it wasn't the hatches. So um, I guess maybe we could talk a little bit more about that. So I was a student at Michigan Technological University from 1980 to 1984. Uh, There was a mechanical engineering professor who taught material science by the name of Professor Hainault, who had been friends with the man who was responsible for making sure the hatches were secured on the Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. So he took issue with the Coast Guard report because it put blame essentially on his friend. Right. And And, a lot of people felt the same way about that. I think a lot of the Mariners at the time felt that that was wrong. That that very well could be. And so he lobbied uh, to reopen the investigation into the loss of the Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think the initial look, relook was conducted in September 1980 when I was a freshman at Michigan Tech. Mm-hmm. And your uncle David was also, well, I think he came the next year, but mm-hmm. I didn't have Professor Hainall. But he did, uh, David, had Professor Hainall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember seeing the Calypso parked in, or docked in Portage Canal, which runs through the Keweenaw Peninsula, uh, where Michigan Tech is located, uh, which is the Peninsula that sticks off the uh, UP into Lake Superior. And I remember wondering what the heck they were doing there until some of my friends who had professional anal told me about uh, his efforts because he would talk about this in class. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who did, uh, what was the Calypso expedition? So, I think they were looking at other things than the Fitzgerald specifically, mm-hmm. and they were making some kind of a film. But as I understand it, it was led by Jacques Cousteau's son, Sean mm-hmm. uh, Cousteau, and they dove on the Fitzgerald in a two man submersible. Mm-hmm. And they saw that it was broken into 
two pieces. And they surmised based on that, that it must have broken apart while it was still on the surface. Yeah. Um, Which the theory that Hainault had was that it had actually struck the bottom well over the whitefish space shoals mm-hmm. um and that's what caused it to break in two yeah uh so i think subsequent uh exploration including the 94 dive mm-hmm. that you had cited caused the coast guard to revise their report to say that it quite possibly could have been that right um yeah and we kind of talk about like it's actually more common especially with these ships breaking in half that the hole is often already weakened by running aground on a shoal on something hard on a rock the bottom of the lake ocean whatever and then a monster wave coming down on them and just hitting the final blow as it were um, that's something that happened to the Pendleton um, that we talked about a couple episodes or several episodes. I think we've talked about that one in July, but it's it's something that happens a lot with these big oil tankers because they weren't always made the best. But I think in this case for the Edmund Fitzgerald, it, it was one of the best ships in the Great Lakes, but the Great Lakes are just that dangerous and that um, hard to navigate, especially in, in storm conditions. Yes. I mean, Superior is, it's an ocean. I mean, the thing, all the Great Lakes are enormous. If you hadn't been to see them, you don't really know. And the thing about the ore boats is that they are built uh, long and narrow so they can fit through the locks, like the locks at Sault Ste. Marie. Right. So I think that makes them more vulnerable to big waves. Right. And I mean, you have to do that in that region because all of the Great Lakes, if you don't know, are uh, connected mostly by a series of rivers and locks that allow uh, boats and ships to move between all the different lakes because they're all kind of at different elevations. which is a very interesting thing in and of itself. Except for Huron and Michigan. Right, right. Yeah. Which are the only, I think they're the only Great Lakes I've ever seen. I have never seen Superior. Someday, maybe. Maybe. Um, so do you remember uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald wreck happening when you were a kid? Yes, I probably was 1975. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was... 75 or 76. So I would have been in middle school. Yeah. And I remember quite well hearing about it happening. Um, And, you know, we weren't a maritime family, Mm -hmm. but it was on the radio and TV. Uh, So, yeah. And then, of course, Gordon Lightfoot's great song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, came out about eight months later. Mm-hmm. 
And um, one of the things I understand is that after the Coast Guard revised their report, he went back and changed parts of the song that referenced the hatchways giving in uh, so that it took away that blame from the crew. Right, um, right. Which was, I think, a big issue within the maritime community at the time because they're trained to uphold those kind of safety regulations. And they were some of the best crew that you could ha have on, on the Great Lakes at that time. Right. But in my personal opinion, the original is a better song. Mm -hmm. But I understand the emotions behind the maritime sailors and, of course, the families. The families of the, those who were lost. Right, right. Yeah. And it, it's good to, you know, edit history as much as we can to make it as accurate as we can, um, especially in today's <laughs> today's world. Um, all right. Well, um, with that, uh, thanks so much for contributing additional information. Um, we're always looking for that. So if you have any corrections or any additions to any of the stories that you know more about or have experienced aspects of it personally, um, please write us in. You can contact us at, on our website. Um, and um, yeah, also please go listen to Gordon Lightfoot's song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, as we can't play it on here for potential copyright issues, but it is well worth a listen. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchikumi. <laughs> the lake, lake is, it is sad, never gives up her, her dead. dead. When the gales of November, November come early. <laughs> There's a little snippet for you. Go check it out. It is well worth a listen. Bye, everybody. Um, and we'll get back to the episode. All right. So, so where can our listeners find us? Our listeners can find us on Instagram at Mother Nature Will Kill You Podcast. On Twitter at MNWKY Podcast. On the website at MotherNatureOKPodcast.com. That's where you can also listen to us. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere that there is a streaming platform. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Anchor for sending that all out to all of those platforms. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, um, if you want to submit a story for us to read on the podcast of your own survival uh, story or a close call with nature, you don't have to have survived alone on an island mm -hmm. for two years and mm -hmm. deal with a real asshole man yeah <laughs> but if you have done that we want to know about it <laughs> yeah oh, i know it's sad if you have felt like that yeah so um you can submit that on our website uh, you can also listen to the podcast there as well mm -hmm. and then um what's the other thing that i usually talk about how much we love our listeners <laughs> before that's out there <laughs> i usually have like a uh a notebook in front of me that like has all the things I need to talk about. And I didn't,
clearly didn't do that today. That's so okay. we're just winging it. It's Christmas <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> no rules. Um, yeah. The other thing is, um, if you want to support the podcast, please write a five-star review for us on any of our listening platforms um, to help us bump up the charts. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's it. Yeah, it sounds like it's it. I think that's it. That we're sounds. Gonna say that's it. We're going to say it. This is going to be a very short episode, mm-hmm. y'all. Um, it's going to be a good one. I'm looking at our ratings right now. Yeah, I don't really know. Five what stars. Our, five stars. Look at us. Five we, ratings. we don't have a lot of listeners but the ones that do listen really like it, five out so of five. please continue listening yeah we've had a, a lot of fun um creating this podcast and doing the podcast and yeah. it's been kind of a nice bi-weekly kind of thing to yeah. do and i'm it's learning like, a lot yeah technology is uh very interesting when it comes to podcasting it's it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work yeah <laughs> I don't know how people do this weekly I don't Dude, know. I know they, they just, have people hired to help them uh, or, yeah or they don't have jobs yeah and that's okay. their job yeah like, so hats off to all of you guys who can do that um but yeah so thanks for listening everybody thanks for staying with us through this first year first rough year <laughs> um hopefully we'll be having some good stories coming at you soon mm-hmm. um this is coming out in like mid mid january so happy new year to everybody and uh hope that getting back into the work uh life isn't too terrible for yeah. you um and uh i guess with that until next time stay safe but most of all stay curious explorers <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year and Happy Holidays. <laughs>